0: Good morning, so I want to teach today about seven undeniable biblical truths uh, so I think a few a couple of months ago we were doing a Wednesday night Bible study, and Dave was hosting it. We were watching uh, some videos about the American gospel and it got me to you know think about this. I did some research, and we know what we believe you know but uh, there 's some stuff that I saw in there that was pretty pretty awful so You know, it's so important for us nowadays to know what the Bible teaches, you know, and just this is just a brief reminder of some of some of these, you know, true beliefs that, you know, that are biblical. Uh, You know, there are a lot of so-called Christian leaders. Well, I don't call them Christian leaders, but I guess the world does. I call them TikTok preachers, I guess, that go on there, you know, and just try to glorify themselves rather than God teaching just anything, out there, you know, just to make themselves look good. And it's pretty pathetic. You know, I got to, sometimes I got to pray and ask God to give me compassion for them because I get more angry than than sorrow for them. And uh, I think I get more frustrated and I really got to ask God to help me out on that. Because it's some of the stuff that you, you know, listen to and hear and you just wonder that, you know, they're teaching anybody that anybody can get saved. You know, it doesn't matter what you do, what you believe. God loves you. I mean, I saw this one pastor and it's not a knock on pastors or anything like that. I'm just saying I saw this one guy who calls himself a pastor walking up to this uh, this guy dressed in like a devil's outfit, whatever it is. So, and he just like holding him, telling him God loves you and God wants to save you. And God, You know, I get that part, but, you know, he's not telling them, you know, the truth is that he needs a savior and that he's, you know, he's sinning regardless what he's wearing, what he's doing. So anyway, it got me to, you know, kind of look up these truths. And I saw something on 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 YouTube that, you know, was talking about this, and I just wanted to share this with everybody. So anyway, so just real quickly, also why it's so important for us, you know, to um, know our Bible and understand what God teaches, you know, back back in March 24th, 1989, I'm, I'm sure a lot of you guys heard about this, you know, the Exxon Valdez crash, and well, when it first started, it was just a hairline off of the coordinates and it led to this massive destruction and I think that's what happens when we're off on biblical truths even a slight hair off it can lead to destruction so before I start let me pray and just ask God to dear Heavenly Father thank you for your grace and your mercy Lord God I just pray Father God that Lord you would deliver this message through me I pray Father God that I would decrease and you will increase Father God and that uh, you get the glory We just ask that you would open up our hearts and just help us to truly understand your word and know your word. And let's pray this in Jesus' name. All right. Well, the first one I call is the first essential truth. And it's called, it's the Jesus' penal substitution. And that's one thing that we covered on that uh, American Gospel, how people, a lot of Christian, I keep calling them Christian leaders, but worldly leaders, I call them. Uh, you know, they don't believe in the penal substitution. You know, a lot of them would start saying, you know, why would God the Father put his son on the cross? Well, you know, it's in simple, in the simplest possible terms, the biblical doctrine of penal substitution holds that Jesus' sacrifice on the cross takes the place of the punishment that we ought to suffer for our own sins. As a result, God God's justice is satisfied in those who come to faith in jesus christ as a so as that you know as their personal savior they're reconciled to god through the penal substitution through the death on jesus you know th- jesus dying on the cross and um you know this is something that's so vitally important because you know without jesus dying on that cross for us we have you know who's going to pay the penalty for our sins we're going to pay our own penalty. And everybody's going to have to pay the penalty. And those who come to faith in Jesus Christ, their sins will be co- Jesus Christ covers their sins. And those who don't, unfortunately, will have to deal with their own sin and live eternally in hell. That's the bottom line. And that's a lot of things. A lot of churches don't teach about hell, but hell exists. And without Jesus dying on that cross, and that's putting our faith and trust in him, that's where we're going. So, So, and then, you know, God is a holy God and sin must be, you know, dealt with. You know, if, if God is just not going to pass over our sins and say, OK, well, you know, that's OK. Come on in. He some something had to be paid, a price had to be paid. And it's Jesus dying on that cross. That was the price that was paid. His son died on the cross for us. And, you know, and I heard in that. I keep mentioning that American gospel. One thing got me thinking was that song, you know, above all. You know thought of me above all and I you know we used to sing that all the time and I used to listen to it and the more I thought about it I say it made sense you know above all it wasn't us that he thought about Jesus when he died on the cross first of all he thought about glorifying the Father and we were part of that and it's so important to understand that because when we think that we're you know above all you know us then we decrease who God is and we increase ourselves so we we gotta increase who God is and think lower of ourselves. It's not to walk around with our head down like, oh, it was me. No. But when you look at our look at us in the view of God, you know how, you know we gotta be more you know, we gotta think about his glory first. So Jesus thought about the glory of the Father first, then thought about us. And because of that, God has saved us. So in first Peter two twenty four it talks about you know Jesus dying on that cross. It says, he himself bore our sins in his body on a tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. So, biblically, that's what the Bible teaches, right? So, you know, people say, well, where in the Bible does it say that? It's right there. If People would look at their Bible and read their Bible and search the Bible. They'd see that. So, anyway, I'm, and this is going to be brief because... I mean, if Steve teaches about this, he can take months on each of these essentials. No, I'm just, you know, I mean, it's not something you just go over, but this is just a brief, just kind of briefly go over it on what we believe. The second, a second one essential is the historical resurrection of Jesus Christ. So I don't know if somebody wants to read a couple of the verses we have on the outlines. I'd appreciate it. Uh, 11, John 11, 25 to 26. Mark 16, 6 and Luke 24, 6 to 7. Mhm. Right okay. And he said to them, do not be alarmed. You see Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. All right. and John 11:25 to 26. It says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. And then he asked her, do you believe this? Do we believe this? Amen. I do. Luke 24, 6 to 7. He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. So again, another uh, verse that talks about the resurrection. And First Thessalonians 4.14. Anyone want to read that? I'll read it. Okay. so, Jesus, God will bring with him those who have Amen. So basically, we have no hope without the resurrection. You know, since Christ rose, we will also rise. So a lot of times at work, I don't know if Mike hears it at all, but uh, I was, uh, a couple people in the morning, I said, you know, used to say when I first started working there, you know, hey, how's it going? Oh, another day in paradise. And I'd always make that <laughs> remark, you know, like, hey, if this is paradise, I'm going to throw away my Bible, I'm going to stop going to church, I'm done. <laughs> this is it. You know, they'd look at me funny, you know, they'd look at me kind of strange and, you know, i to explain to them, you know, that, hey, without, this is not paradise. You know, if we think this is paradise and we're in a lot of trouble, uh, we have no, you know. We're, you know, it's it's clear. I think Steve was talking. read was teaching about that a few weeks ago. But we we don't. What do we have if we don't have the resurrection? Absolutely nothing. Why are we here? You know, just to have breakfast? We can go to a restaurant and do that, or eat at home. But we're here to hear the word of God and the true word of God. So, I mean, Peter, First Peter, I mean, Peter talks about the resurrection in First Peter one three. So if somebody uh, says it says it says blessed be the god and father of our lord jesus christ according to his great mercy he caused us to be born again to a living hope to the resurrection of jesus christ from the dead without the resurrection we absolutely have no hope in the second corinthians 5:14 to 15 it says for the love of christ controls us because we have concluded this that one has died for all therefore all have died and the and he died for all and those who live might no longer live for themselves but for him for their sake he died and was raised again talks about the resurrection so there are at least 40 verses which talk about the lord's resurrection so it's again all biblical truths Uh, the third one is that uh, this one a lot of people have an issue with but all humans are born with a sinful nature so basically you know you know, you heard that term uh, we're not sinners because we sin we sin because we're sinners and you don't have to teach your children. any of us have children no we don't have to teach our children how to sin I know it sounds a little bit harsh especially if you have a baby but you know, we are born in a sinful nature so Romans 5.12 talks about this Said, death in Adam and life in Christ. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men, beca- all, because all have sinned. And somebody wants to read Romans three twenty three, or they probably know it without even reading it. But yeah, and then Psalms fifty one five. Mario, you want to read that one? Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin. My mother well, there it is. I mean, it, that kind of proves right there that, you know, we're all born with a sinful nature. We're not, as a lot of uh, these false teachers preach, that we're not all good people. We're not good. You know, that's in, in the view of God, we're not good compared to God. Maybe in a human sense, you know, always a nice guy, always a good guy, always got a good heart. Those things are false. They're not, you know, they're not true because the Bible is pretty clear. You know, so. And as unfortunately, you know, society is always talking about we are good and people are inherently good, but when we measure ourselves according to God, a God standard as opposed to humans, we are not good. We are sinners. Our hearts are desperately wicked. Jeremiah 17:9 speaks about that. The heart is deceitfully deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Wow. Oh, we don't have a good heart. That was <laughs> So I When somebody, somebody tells me, you got a good heart, I go, little do you know. <laughs> so it's clear, you know, as, uh, we are sinners, and, and this harkens us back to the first essential, which is the penal substitution. Because of that, God had to send Jesus to die on our behalf. So, again, fourth essential is salvation is by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. In Ephesians 2, 8, 9 for by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves it is a gift of God not of works lest anyone should boast. There's no one there's no way we can earn salvation. God is the one who grants us the faith through his grace through Jesus Christ. God is the only one who can declare us righteous through Jesus Christ. And I say God is not only the judge is the prosecutor the jury and the defendant he he is the one that clears us declares us, uh, declares us uh, righteous and that's through faith in Jesus Christ and you know it says in Romans 328 for we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law and Romans 5 1 also speaks about peace with God through faith therefore since we have been justified by faith We have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. And some people think that was not the case in the Old Testament, but it was. As it states in Genesis, speaking about Abraham in Genesis fifteen six, and it says, And he believed the Lord, and he counted to him as righteousness. So you can't earn your salvation. You can't be a good person. You can't do good works. All those don't count as nothing. And, And Isaiah talks about that they're just filthy rags apart from Jesus Christ. And, you know, you read in James, it says, show me your faith by your works. That, that I mean, Those works come as a result of faith. But if you're trying to earn your salvation by going to church, lighting candles, doing good deeds, thinking that somehow God owes you something. So in the, I know in the Muslim religion, you fast for 40 days, you pray five times a week. So basically you're telling God, because you're doing this, now you owe me something. So you bring bringing God to your standard. But, you know, S- S- Steve talks about this, about that Christianity is something that's, I mean, religion is something you do, and Christianity is something that's done. That's what Jesus, God has done for you on that cross. That's a very important, very important we understand that. So the fifth is Jesus is fully God and fully man. This is where a lot of people have a problem with. Uh, I know... That uh, Jehovah's Witness believe he was a God, but the Bible is clear that Jesus is God. There is no doubt about that. And um, it's uh, the verse is Philippians two six and seven. It says, "Who though he was in the form of God, did not count did not count equally with God, a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a certain servant." being born in the likeness of men. First, Jesus had to be 100% man in order that his sacrifice on the cross can be meaningful. But he had to be made a man in, in order for him to die. He had to be sacrificed and also become flesh because God cannot die. You can't, God is not going to die on the cross, but Jesus in his fullness of man died on that cross. Although Jesus was human, we cannot wrap we can't fully wrap our minds around that. He was also fully God as on the Mount of the Transfiguration, sorry, in Mark 9, 2 to 4. Anybody want to read that, Mark? Yeah. Well, see, so right there, he was in, in the form of God when they saw him. And we must make it clear that Jesus had two natures. Jesus was fully man and fully God. Uh, some people think that Jesus was, you know, God was like in three different forms, kind of like he would change, become Jesus, and then he'd become the Father, he'd become the Holy Spirit. It's pretty clear that that's not true. It's pretty clear in the Bible how it teaches that, you know, they're all three. There's one God in, in three persons. And, you know, in John ten thirty says, I and the father are one Colossians 1 and 19 for in him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell John seventeen five: And now father glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. And then in John one fourteen, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And then Titus 2.13, Waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'll try to get some Jehovah Witness to explain that one. So if anybody has anything to say about Jesus not being God, it is clear they do not know the Bible. That is why it's so important again to read your Bible, study your Bible, and know your Bible. And then the third one, I mean, the sixth one is the Trinity. We know that God is Jesus is fully God, fully man, but also talks about the Trinity. It's another one people have a hard time with. But again, it's clear you know what the Bible teaches about that. And uh, so the Trinity is the core of Christianity. Jesus speaks of the Trinity. He teaches us that God the Father will send us the Holy Spirit to guide and to help us. In Matthew twenty eight, eighteen to 20. John and, Mario to know. and Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit teaching them to observe all that i have commanded you and behold i am with you always to the end of the age and then john fourteen twenty six. but the helper the holy spirit whom the father will send in my name he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that i have said to you and then uh, paul speaks about the trinity In 2 Corinthians 13, 13 13-14, all the saints greet you, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit with you all. And in 1 Corinthians 12, 4-7, somebody want to read that? Um, Okay. And then Ephesians 4, 4-6, to There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, one Father of all, who is over all and through all and all. And Peter also speaks about it in 1 Peter 1-2, According to the foreknowledge of God the Father, in the sanctification of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ, and for sprinkling with his blood." Again, it's very clear that, you know, God, the Trinity is the God of the Bible, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There is no, no one is more, you know, has more, you know, I don't know how to say it correctly, but they're all one. They're all the same, equal in every form. And, you know, a lot of times the Holy Spirit, we, you know, we tend to neglect the Holy Spirit as we should, but as believers, the Holy Spirit dwells in us and we grieve the holy spirit when we sin and i speak for myself and that's why it's you know we need to understand that and be clear on that uh it's just there's so many false teachings when it comes to the trinity and the reason why is because they don't seek out the word of god you know they take things you know they don't i don't know where they're getting information their information from because the bible is pretty clear on those things it's right there how can you deny that so finally the last one is that scripture is authoritative and inherent. In 2 Timothy 3.16 is the first verse that that I actually memorized when I first got saved. And it says, all scripture is breathed out of God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. And in Hebrews 4.12, Somebody want to read that? Amen. So it says it's sharper than a two-edged sword. Somebody gave the illustration. I like this. I don't know how, you know, it's the illustration, but I liked it. A two-edged sword, it goes in and cuts you. As it comes out, it heals you. So nice little illustration, I thought. And again, this is so important why we study the Bible, because it is, it is the word of God. And it is our authority, our lifeline, our everything as Christians. In Psalm 119, 105, your word is, is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Well, oh. the the psalmist speaks of God's word. Thy word is clear. He's speaking about God's word. I mean, it's pretty clear that he's talking about God's word. So, I mean, so when you know, when going through these things, um, like I said in the beginning, is that I get frustrated when I hear certain people in the name of Christianity teaching what they teach. And going through this, you know, I pray that God, you know, would humble my heart those people because they're lost and you know if it's clear if any of these truths right here are you just outright deny them or reject them you might need to go examine your heart and see what you believe i mean you could be a new believer and you don't know again that's why it's so important to get into the god's word and 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 read what god's word teaches about all these things so you know there those are just a few essentials a few biblical truths uh, there's a couple more, you know, that I'm pretty firm about, and I, I, I think we all are here in our church. Is you know the the doctrine of the perseverance of the saints. You know, once saved, always saved. I don't really like I don't really like that term, but it's true. Once you saved, your, you know, that's an important one. That's an, an essential because it's clear. And you know, I don't. You can kind of research that on your own to look. And then um, another one is uh, is the election, the predestination. That's a very those two are very important also. I mean I would probably you know if you guys get time just to look it up. But uh you know a lot of Christians call this in house debates. I don't it's not an in house debate. Those things are clear. Uh you know, let's not you know, water down the gospel. You know, and I was kinda of brief, but I just kinda of went over these things, you know, just hoping that you know we in these times of uncertainties with the pandemic going on, the vaccinated, the unvaccinated You know we stand firm on what we believe you know uh, these times are not uh unclear for us because we know but if we know people out there that don't know the lord you know it's important for us to to reach out to them and just you know just share the gospel with them and knowing that you know we're not the ones that are going to save them god is the one that's going to save them and it's humbling to me because you know if god didn't save me i'm not going to know these things and I'm going to believe whatever is out there. You know, that's why we shouldn't like... You know, and I, when I say we shouldn't, I always speak about myself because I get really, really worked up when I see things that are, you know, when false the Gospels preach falsely. It really bugs me because it is the Word of God. And we need to, you know, understand that and, and really have a compassion for those who don't know the Lord. You know, and I ask myself, how much compassion do I really have I have a lot of coworkers that don't know the Lord, and, you know, I I need to be more focused in prayer for them and those around us, so...